Well, God's grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we talked about, uh, today we're continuing our Give series at Connect as we continue to walk through Believe Together. Uh, so last week we talked about our spiritual gifts that God gives us to re-gift, uh, to give to others, to use for the benefit of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, today we will be talking about offering our time uh, to the Lord as we put those gifts that he's given us to use uh, in the various areas of our lives. But as our belief book itself points out uh, right at the very beginning of the chapter, we have a problem. Um, As it says, in essence, we can't talk about our time since all time belongs to God. So a better title might have been something like giving God back his time that's already his already or something like that. But that's not quite as catchy, so we decided we'll just stick with the chapter of the, the Believe, or the title of the Believe chapter and kind of go from there. Uh, so today, offering my time. Now, as we kind of get into this topic, I, I thought it would be maybe a good, a good week to just give you a, a quick reminder um, that as Lutherans, we always want to be in tune with God's law and God's gospel. Uh, Being attuned to God's law means hearing and knowing what God's perfect will is for us, what he wants us to do, how he wants us to live, uh, things like that. God's law also teaches us uh, where in our lives we have failed to live up to his expectations, where we have, have not really done all that we should. And so that's where God's gospel comes in. That's that's where the Lord comes and, and brings healing to us. Where the law tells us what we should do. The gospel tells us what Jesus has already done for us. How God sent Jesus to, to make up for all of our failings and give us brand new and undeserved life. So the gospel shows us not only what God has done, but what God continues to do for us and how it is all for our good, how, how God gives us undeserved mercy and grace in all things. Now, as we've been going through Believe this year, you might have noticed uh, that, that the readings and, and the emphasis has tended to be a little more law-oriented uh, than gospel-oriented. And, and maybe that's particularly true in this section where we are now, where we're talking about how to act like Jesus. Now, with today's topic, offering my time, as with pretty much any topic, there is both law and gospel, and, and today I want to talk about both of them, as, as we usually do, uh, but I'd like to end with the gospel today, and I would ask you, uh, today, please, let that part especially just, just really sink down into your hearts. But we'll start with the law. As I looked at the readings for this week, um, I soon discovered that there were kind of two opposite challenges that, that are both equally important but are very different from one another, that really are opposites. Uh, but these are challenges that tend to face us uh, whenever we look to offer our time. And those challenges are doing too much on the one hand and then not really doing enough on the other. Some of us tend to struggle more with the first. I would say more of us probably struggle a little bit more uh, with the second. But I think that all of us find ourselves contending with with both of these challenges at different times. And so uh, we see the first challenge, doing too much, 
Uh, or we might, you know, it might be better to say trying to do too much. Uh, in our Old Testament reading for today, where Moses' father-in-law, who is actually given two different names in Scripture, I usually think of him as Jethro, because that's kind of a cool name, but uh, Jethro, or whoever he is, Moses' father-in-law comes along and gives Moses kind of a lesson in time management uh, more than anything else. In leading the people of Israel, Moses had been taking everything upon himself. He'd been trying to do it all, and, and it just wasn't feasible. He was judging every case. He was settling every single dispute of an entire nation. He was sitting alone from morning until evening, completely wearing himself out. So as you think about that, uh, in what ways might you tend to struggle with this type of thing? Do you ever bite off a little bit more than you can chew? In trying to serve God and others, do you find yourself getting worn out? Do you feel like you're obligated to get, in, to get involved in every kind of ministry that you hear about that catches your eye? You know, with the best of intentions, do you ever spread yourself a little bit too thin uh, to be truly effective and, and truly helpful? Now, in a way, uh, this can be a good problem to have because it means you're invested in giving your time generously to God and to others. But just because it's a good problem to have doesn't mean it's not a problem. Taking everything upon yourself, uh, in the words of of Moses' father-in-law, is not good. It just, it isn't good. The thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. And so Moses' father-in-law teaches him to, to delegate, to alleviate the burden on himself so that he can better serve God and the people. So when you find yourself a bit overwhelmed, uh, maybe consider what you might hand off to somebody else, what areas you might be able to to bless other people with uh, by helping them and allowing them to serve and to take charge. When you see somebody else who's overwhelmed, maybe like Moses' father-in-law, you can come up to them and kind of let them know it's okay (laughs) to not do everything themselves. Uh, Give some advice and, and maybe give some help and serve in that way. Whenever we do these sorts of things, we are enabling other people to serve better, and we are making ourselves more effective servants also. One of our other readings in Believe this week was about the Sabbath rest. And uh, although we Christians today are not obligated to take Saturday as, as the Sabbath and, and only travel a certain uh, distance or something like that, uh, it remains true that God wants us to, to be able to, to rest, to recharge uh, to, to ready ourselves to go back in to serving our neighbors. Uh, this, this rest, you know, we tend to think of as selfish sometimes when we, when we take time to rest, but it's not just for ourselves, it's for those around us. Um, and the Bible teaches us that it's for God. So don't be afraid to rest. Uh, don't be afraid to stop doing too much. On the other hand... Now, there is that opposite challenge I talked about, and I'd suspect that this one is a little bit easier to give into. Uh, that's the challenge of, of just not doing enough. This is maybe more natural a struggle for us because it's easier to be lazy or selfish with our time than it is to give it to help others, at least for most of us, I think. Uh, like Jonah, sometimes we just want to run away from God and... Uh, and refuse to serve the people that, that we just really don't want to serve. 
But God gave us the gifts that we talked about last week for a reason. To put them to use, to, to serve the people that God has called us to serve. So I hope this past week, uh, especially, you've had a chance to reflect on some of those gifts, uh, do that spiritual gifts inventory, and perhaps you've already even had a chance to go into My St. Lawrence and, and put those gifts into the My Fit section. Um, if you haven't done that yet, I'd, I'd just very strongly encourage you to, to please do that. Um, if you receive the Tuesday is Newsday email, um, or the Thursday is Correction Day or whatever, that was pretty cool, Thir- Clarification Thursday, which came on Wednesday, um, which I might need some clarification on. But, but if, you, if you're on those lists, you got some emails from, from Mr. Mueller, and uh, he gave you kind of a document that step-by-step takes you through exactly how to, how to log in uh, to get those gifts cataloged. What this will allow us to do at, at St. Lawrence is kind of see what gifts you have and what your willingness to serve is and be able to connect you in all sorts of ways uh, based upon your gifts, based upon your desire uh, to serve. Because, you know, when we're talking about offering our time, really, mostly what we're talking about is offering our time to serve. And, and serving really should be what characterizes the life of a Christian. You know, you were probably listening pretty carefully when Mr. Redford read our reading today from Matthew 25. That's where Jesus is talking about how in the future he'll come back and he'll separate the sheep from the goats, the, the righteous from the unrighteous. And And to the sheep, he says, in fact, let's read this together. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. So at the end of time, the the Lord of time, the Lord of the universe, says to the righteous all these things, that that they did all these wonderful things for him. And the sheep have no idea what he's talking about. Isn't that great? Their whole lives were lives of service. They offered their time so freely, so without reservation, that they didn't even realize they were doing it. It's just who they were. It is just who we are. In our reading from Colossians today, we heard Paul say, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything, everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything we do, having kind and compassionate hearts, caring for others, forgiving others, admonishing one another, teaching singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs together. We do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We serve. We love. It's, it's just who we are. So I'd encourage you, uh, if this area is, is maybe one that you struggle with, like, like I would imagine most of us do, uh, maybe consider offering your time in, in some new ways today. Maybe uh, thinking about serving down at, at the Franklin Avenue Mission or, or the Saginaw City Rescue Mission or, or looking into to Stephen Ministry or, or one of the, the different ministries that we have in my St. Lawrence and that we'll be developing there or uh, you know, getting involved in one of the, the volunteer opportunities we have here at the Connect Service. Uh, there are plenty of ways to serve, and if you want to serve in a way you're not serving right now, you let us know, and, uh, and we're going to make that happen. We will get you, you connected. Uh, so be sure to, to think about that in your own heart and then, then act on it. Um, think about how you can, can offer your time.
Now, what we've been talking about mostly so far is, is offering our time in some sort of more or less an official way through the church, through a ministry, something like that. Obviously, uh, Paul's talking about our, our whole lives being lives of service. And uh, so with all of that being said, um, you've probably heard of the three most important aspects of any real estate piece of property. And anybody know what those three are? Location, location, location. Yeah. Well, when it comes to offering our time to the Lord, the three most important aspects are in your sermon outline. Vocation, vocation, vocation. Now, our vocations are those areas in our life to which God has called us. The word vocation comes from a Latin word meaning just to call. Um, and so God has called us to these places. Our vocation is are our, our primary places where God invites us to offer our time to serve him. Now, when we hear that word, you know, in today's context, we normally think of, of our vocation as, as our job or our occupation, uh, which it is. God calls us to those two. Uh, but that's just one of the many callings that God has placed in our life. And I would say uh, the scriptures teach us that our, our first and our primary vocation is our family. Perhaps the best way to serve God, to offer time to God, is by loving and caring for the family that he has given you. So, have you been offering your time to your family? How about your spouse? If you've not been spending much time at all with your spouse, that really should probably change. It may not be easy, but it's very important. Your spouse needs you. Your spouse needs your time. And uh, especially because you know, most of the kids are gone to puppets, I can talk about this sort of thing. Because the Bible talks about it, and we don't talk about it very often. But giving your time to your spouse includes, biblically, making time to share in the activity that God has reserved for only married couples. This means that, that we're not supposed to take each other or the, the great gift of sexuality that God has given us for granted. You know the Bible talks about that? Yeah, read 1 Corinthians when you get home or, or Song of Songs or something if you'd like. So your spouse, how, how about your kids? Are you spending time with your kids? If you're working long hours so that, that your kids can have nice things, and that means that you hardly ever see them, that, that should probably change. The nicest thing your kids can ever have is time with you. You know, Pastor Sean wrote our, our Word for Wednesday devotion this past week, um, and he's proving himself to be, to be quite a, a talented man, isn't he, uh, with his, his voice uh, joining in our, our praise team now. Uh, but he wrote this, this devotion this past week, and I thought it was just so good that I thought, you know, I should say something like that, uh, you know, in my sermon this Sunday. And then I thought, you know, I should just read that again this Sunday. So uh, here again, in case you didn't get that or in case uh, you, you just haven't uh, maybe remembered it, hear this again. Take time to play with your children, to call your parents, to visit your aunts and uncles, to have a big meal together, to wrestle on the carpet, to play Monopoly. Um, let me pause. If you're super competitive uh, like I am, play Monopoly kind of at your own risk. Uh, have a pillow fight. Take an afternoon drive through Michigan. Write letters to your loved ones. Pause and remember those who have died. Rejoice over the goodness of God to you. 
And listen especially to this. Let Sunday become a holy and happy family day. Let it be a time to strengthen those relationships that mean the most to you. Now notice how Pastor Sean points out that all of this is not an excuse to ignore your duties to God. For example, if you were to say something like, you know, we're only going to go to church once a month so that we can have family time, uh, you are not fulfilling your vocation to your family. You are, you are actually neglecting it. God wants you to offer your time to your family by teaching them to love and to serve the Lord, by worshiping together, by having family devotions and offering your time to the Lord together. Don't wait to enact this, or one day you'll realize all the time that you've lost. Don't delay. The time is now. So, there's the law. Lots of good stuff we should do, good reminders, good encouragement from God's word to offer our time and to live our lives in a way that is pleasing to him. We know that we haven't lived up to that perfectly. We've wasted far more time than we can imagine or or could ever tabulate. We've missed opportunities. We've been too turned in on ourselves. But now, hear the gospel. We've been talking about offering my time. Now let's finish by talking about how God offers his time. You know, God has never spent his time doing anything but loving you with his whole heart. God has offered you all of his time, has spent all of his time working out your salvation so that you can spend all of time and all of eternity with him. God sent his son Jesus for you. How did Jesus spend his time on earth? Healing, teaching, Forgiving, loving, praying for you. Jesus spent his entire earthly life fully invested in your good, in your salvation, in your redemption. Jesus gave his every single moment for you, living the perfect life that you could not live. For you, he gave everything, all of his time and all of his life giving up life itself by dying on a tree on a dark afternoon where time itself seemed to stop to bear witness to his love for you. Then he rose from the dead. Jesus Christ, the timeless one, who is the same yesterday and today and forever, now offers you his timelessness, his own eternity, which is now your own Through Christ, God has promised you that you will never lack for time again. You know, this is expressed so beautifully in in this stanza from Amazing Grace. Can we sing this together? When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the Yeah.
rock concert when I was in high school, and it was just crazy, and they were throwing Skittles and stuff everywhere, you know, because Christian rock concerts can get pretty wild, as you know. Um, but at the end of it, so it was Five Iron Frenzy, and the, the lead singer came, came out on stage and just dropped to his knees and started singing hymns and invited us to, to sing along. And I think maybe that was even the first time I heard this verse in Amazing Grace, and it has stuck with me ever since. And, uh, I mean, it will quite literally be with me for eternity. God's free gift to you is, is a blissful eternity that you cannot yet begin to comprehend. And that is more than enough. <laughs> but the really cool thing is, is there is more than more than enough. I was thinking of one of the, you know, the traditional prayers, the colics that we pray um, a lot in church, how it, it almost always ends with talking about our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with the Father and the Spirit. And it talks about how he lives and reigns now and forever. So yes, you have the gift of eternity in Christ, but don't forget that you also have the gift of now. He rules, he reigns now in your heart and in your life. One of our Lenten hymns talks about how he knows all your griefs and fears, his grace abused, your misspent years. But he promises to give them all back. Through the prophet Joel, who is a great Lenten prophet, God once spoke this hope to Judah, who had been ravaged by locusts. And we don't know whether they were literal locusts or, or metaphorical or maybe both. But God says, read this with me too. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. God's grace and love and forgiveness is not reserved only for a time yet to come. It is for you right now. We tend to think that time is is the one thing that you can never get back. But God says otherwise. God says he will restore to you the time you spent only on yourself. The time that you have robbed from your spouse and your children. When you have failed to love them as you should. God will restore that time. God is restoring that time. If you are struggling to lay claim to God's redemption and restoration, hear this. The time is now. Say it with me. The time is now. Receive what he so freely gives. Receive the gift of eternity. And receive the gift of grace for you right now. It is a gift that lasts forever, that that transcends time and, and brings you into the very presence of the one who is beyond time. So offer your time however you can. Love your family, love your neighbors, love everyone. Give generously of the time that you've been given. But above all, rejoice in the gift of time given you by the creator of time itself, of every moment in his grace. In Jesus' name, amen.